Welcome to Economic Development Secrets, where economic developers from across the country spill their secrets to our host, Nicole D'Souza. You'll hear firsthand accounts from economic developers in the trenches, from what works to what doesn't work, how deals come together or how deals go bad. You'll hear everyone's economic development secrets. Welcome to Economic Development Secrets. This month's special guest is David Leeser, Vice President of Business Attraction at the Wichita Falls Chamber of Commerce. David shares how he is moving forward with business recruitment during the COVID-19 pandemic, and also how his biggest mistake became one of his biggest assets. Here are David's economic development secrets. Hi, David. Thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast. Thank you, Nicole. Appreciate being here. Wonderful. Well, can you start out by telling the audience a little bit about yourself, please? Sure. Uh, again, I'm David Leeser. Uh, I've been in the economic development business for over 35 years. I'm very passionate about it, um, primarily in the Midwestern parts of the United States. I was I was born and raised in very rural Illinois, uh, and I've been all over in terms of from very rural areas to metropolitan areas. I started in a poor planning, poor county planning agency in rural northern Illinois. Uh, then I went to close to my hometown and I was like a city administrator there doing economic development, budget, personnel, labor negotiations, like I say, economic development. And then um, I was hired to do economic development for the local electric and natural gas utility company uh, and spent 10 years doing that with them, uh, which eventually, uh, because of that, at that time, that's when utilities uh, started this merger process so we uh, merged in with utility in St. Louis. So that moved me and my family down to St. Louis. And I uh, worked uh, in the downtown St. Louis office for about a year, year and a half. Um, and when we moved to St. Louis, I, we, we found a house in St. Charles County, which is suburban St. Louis, about a half hour west of uh, downtown, 10 minutes west of the airport. Um, and the county executive at the time um, recruited me to become the chief economic development officer for St. Charles County. Uh, so I worked out of the Economic Development Center offices there for about uh, eight years. Uh, and then probably one of the best known economic developers in the field, the guy who's highly respected, uh, Denny Coleman, who at the time ran the St. Louis County Economic Council, recruited me to do special projects and economic development for his group. Um, after about seven years there, I took over as director of economic development for the city of St. Charles and revamped and rechanged all that whole department and, and brought it up to standards. And then since uh, December of 2019, I've been here uh, with the Wichita Falls, uh, Texas Chamber of Commerce. I am their Vice President of Business Recruitment. Wonderful, thank you so much for sharing. Well, can you also tell us a little bit about your organization and the community that you serve? Absolutely, uh, Wichita Falls is um, in North Texas. It's not quite in the Panhandle, but it's near the Panhandle. Uh, we're about uh, 20 minutes from the Oklahoma border. Um, well, I say that we are the connection point between Oklahoma City and Dallas. Uh, we are two hours north of Dallas-Fort Worth, two hours south of Oklahoma City, uh, right on Interstate 44. Um, we're a community uh, of about 105,000. Um, our claim to fame is we are the home of Shepard Air Force Base. And uh, basically, if you learn to uh, fly a fighter jet, you come to Wichita Falls and you learn to fly them here at Wichita Falls. Plus we have an international flavor to it because um, we have an agreement here with Shepard Air Force Base that 13 UN nations also send their pilots here to learn to fly 
So uh, it's, it's, it's got a unique uh, international flavor to this community. Uh, our chamber is um, members, of, has 10 members. We do this, your typical chamber membership. I think we're a little bit bigger and better than most because uh, uh, while I'm 100% um, dedicated to economic development and recruitment, uh, I have a fellow vice president and a great professional, um, Travis Haggard, who he does complete business retention. And then we also have a young lady who's in, in charge of talent partnership, talent attraction. So we're really hitting all phases uh, of economic development here. Wonderful, that's great. Well, uh, again, the hot topic, and I know our listeners and everyone in the world knows right now is the mm -hmm. COVID-19 pandemic, um, which has just really impacted all of us so much. And I mean, economic developers are seeing what it's doing to their communities and having to really figure out how to adapt, you know, what we do, which economic developers know very well, right? I mean, that's what we do. We're always adapting to everything Absolutely. that is thrown our way. <laughs> but um, what are you doing for business recruitment uh, during the coronavirus pandemic? You know, you're right. Uh, as economic developers, uh, what they say is change is the only constant in our industry. And this COVID-19 uh, escapade has really created change for all of us. Um, it's been kind of interesting. I, I took the first part of it to kind of really take a look at our, our arsenal of information, our site and building database, our website, all of our marketing materials, and kind of beef that up and get that in place. Um, when I first got here, um, we... Um, I really took a concerted effort to to go out and do site consultant meetings. Um, I did some on my on my own in Dallas Fort Worth. I was part of the team Texas mission trip. I went to site selection guild and met with people there. But obviously, nowadays you cannot go meet with the people face to face. So uh, I took the unusual step and I just started doing my own site consultant meetings uh, on my own. I've done about six of them so far with with the consultants um, ranging all over the planet. Um, but also we've done it in a team atmosphere because um, uh, I've I had uh, this I had Travis Haggard join me. Who again he does retention. He knows all of our industries. Uh, I've had Samantha Brown from Team Texas on there, so she can talk about the Team Texas portfolio. Uh, I've had Larry McManus, who is with the office, uh, the governor's office of economic development, talk about state incentives and the like. So really, um, we've tried to push the envelope and be different and differentiate ourselves from other communities to kind of say, we still want to do this. We still want to meet with you, but we'll do it with you in terms of, of um, the new, as I heard somebody say it the other day, instead of the new normal, it's the new abnormal. So we're kind of um, following the new abnormal. But like we're really, yes, me too. Uh, so we're really pushing um, our brand and uh, making sure that that uh, the Wichita Falls brand does not fall uh, during this interesting time frame. That's wonderful. I'm glad you guys are able to still keep moving forward. Um, mm -hmm. I know a lot of people, it seems like they're almost stopped right now. Um, and I'm not saying economic developers, but you know, just seeing my friends, uh, you know, having to move to their own business jobs or whatever to a stopped format. It's devastating yep. to see. Yep, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. I, yeah, it's, it's it, uh, unfortunately it's hit our industry like everybody else's, um, but we still have to push forward. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, and then what changes have you implemented since uh, taking your job? I've been here six months and we've done a massive uh, 
change in the program itself. Uh, first and foremost, we, we started an aggressive outreach program to site consultants and to business and industries. I uh, became very active in doing that. Um, the one thing I found when I met with site consultants, um, and I said, and I told uh, my board and my boss this is, uh, the bad news is they don't know Wichita Falls. They didn't know where we were at. They didn't know who we were or what we did. I said, the good news is they don't know Wichita Falls, which because that means I get to set the agenda. I get to set the perspective of Wichita Falls. You know, I don't have to overcome um, some negative uh, thought process or stereotype because they said, oh, you know, they would say, well, whenever you say this community, you don't think of something very good. So um, I got to set the brand and, and it was really important to do that. So we really have pushed uh, our brand very hard um, and, and we've done a much more aggressive outreach program with site consultants, with industries and the like. Uh, the other thing that uh, we are in the process of doing, and, and I probably should have mentioned this during the COVID address is, um, you know, since I've been in this business 35 years, uh, one of the things that, and, and my colleagues everywhere do this, it's not that I'm doing this any different, but we'd go to our existing industries and we'd kind of say, who are your vendors and your suppliers? You know, and how can we help them, you know, help you find them to get them here and become, you know, reduce your transportation costs. And it inevitably, it's always kind of been, you know, the company saying, thank you, we appreciate it. But they really didn't want to share this information with us. It, you know, they felt it kind of proprietary. Uh, we think this COVID-19 issue um, has really hurt supply lines, has really hurt vendor supplies. And so uh, Travis Haggard and I are I'm making a very aggressive effort to sit down um, with our industries and basically present them what what do you need you know what type of vendor do you need here and then we have a program here that we can find any vendor any supplier uh, any industry in the United States whatever size you want and then we'll basically kind of say we've got this how do you want us to use this to help you so our hope and desire is is that um, with the bad things that's happening with the coronavirus that um, we can adjust our um, um, our, our our strategy again not only doing the aggressive outreach but doing an aggressive outreach to help our existing industries that's so great because it definitely helps your existing industries but also they can vouch on behalf of the community to the people that they have these relationships with right and they can get a firsthand give a firsthand account and it's not coming from you you know trying to sell the community it's a uh, them saying, listen, it's actually great to live here. It's great to work here. Absolutely right. Uh, very, very true. And, and you know, the old line that you hear from economic developers is, is that if you can't keep your existing industries happy, what makes you can think that you can bring a new one in and make them happy? Yeah, that is so true. So, so true. Mm -hmm. Well, and you've been in the economic development world for over 35 years, which is so impressive. Uh, so what would you say has changed and what has stayed the same over that time period? Um, you know, yeah, I'm a proud member of, of this profession. I'm a certified economic developer. I'm a fellow member. Um, but I will tell you the biggest, uh, the, the one thing that has never changed, and this is the most important factor in our industry to be successful, is the relationship building. Um, you, whether, you know, when I did it 35 years ago, you had to build relationships. You had to be known. And today you have to build relationships. I mean, think of it this way, you know, where, 
where do you buy your car or where do you what grocery store do you go to or your major purchases what real estate agent do you use it's the ones that you feel most comfortable with and so you we have to form that relationship and that has been vital and it will be vital 35 years from now because relationships is what makes this thing roll i'll tell you the biggest change um, has been in in my eyes obviously technology but how technology has imp impacted uh, what we do as economic developers because 35 years ago technology wasn't that big of a deal and so site consultants and real estate executives um, really depended a lot upon upon us to give them the information for taxes for the sites and buildings for construction information, for topography maps, I mean, you name it, we were the ones that really went out there and got it and gave it to them. And and, and I, I told people that uh, uh, even though it's true now, it was more true back then, uh, the commodity that we dealt with was information. It wasn't sites and buildings, it wasn't incentives, it was information because we had to provide all that information for these people. Today, um, they can basically get 99% of that stuff online. Um, you talk to a lot of site consultants, and, and while I think we still should have site and building databases on our website, most of them don't go to our site and building database. They have their own. They use their own systems. They have all their own demographic information. So um, they basically um, have all the details they need before they even talk to us. And, and so it's that concept of how do we adjust to serve the site consultant and their and their um, and their client and uh, basically uh, you know, find out what information they have, what more information do they need, and how can we um, you know, assess that information and make sure that it is, it, is it pre presented in the right light. Yeah, well, and it's odd just not having control over the information <laughs> that they're getting, right? <laughs> Ask anybody, I'm a control freak, yes. <laughs> Um, have you ever found uh, that maybe they've had some um, wrong data, some wrong metrics that you've had to kind of, you know, straighten out? Oh, absolutely. Um, tax information. Um, um, one, I will tell you one interesting story. Uh, when I worked for, uh, at the time, St. Charles County, uh, Missouri, um, this real estate guy from Chicago calls me up and he starts talking about my business parks. And I kind of said, and I felt kind of stupid because I'd never heard what he, what he talked about. And then he started quoting my tax rates. And I said, no, those are not the tax, right tax rates. And he says, I, I'm right here on your website. They're right here. And I said, huh. no, here's our tax rates. Well, it comes to find out he was looking at St. Charles, Illinois, not St. Charles, Missouri. Oh, wow. So it's, it's you know, it's, it's things such as that. So, um, but yeah, it's uh, it, keeping information, keeping it right. Um, and it's, it's been, uh, but you know, I love this, this industry. I, I'm really passionate about it and I love what I do. That's wonderful. It's such a great industry. Yeah. And I love at the end of the day, how you're really helping people. Yes. Well, yes. Yeah. Well, and you're a member of the IEDC board, the International Economic Development Council. And uh, mm -hmm. us here at Impact Data Source, we love IEDC, love their conferences, their webinars, uh, their training courses. I am currently, I finished all of my training courses and I'm studying to take the exam, hopefully in Dallas in October. <laughs> I'm really hoping it happens. Good for you. 
Um, Congratulations, but, good for you. Thank you, thank you. Scary time. <laughs> but, uh, anyways, uh, so will you share with us what value you find in IEDC? Yeah, I'm uh, again, I'm very blessed to be on the IEDC board. I'm uh, just finishing my second year there. Um, and first of all, just being on the board and dealing with all the people that's on the board, uh, again, large communities, small communities, uh, people of, of great depth and breadth in this industry, you learn a lot and they become really good friends of mine, you know, in, in, in Richmond, Virginia and Fort Collins, Colorado and, and Chandler, Arizona and all over. So, and it's that those relationships again that I've talked about with economic development that you you kind of bounce things off of them. Uh, the thing that I find beneficial about IEDC is also, um, as I mentioned, I'm a certified economic developer, and uh, um, I I I I, uh, I don't envy you uh, because I, I remember going through that test, and uh, it was not easy. But I'm I am proud to have that personal certification. I'm proud to have that federal, that uh, fellow member designation. And you know, and it and it kind of gives me that that feeling that maybe I have achieved some things in this industry. Um, I will tell you my 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 best. Uh, the, I mean, there's so many things. You're you're right. They have good conferences, and I've seen you at the conference before. Um, the the thing I really also think highly of the IEDC is not only are they looking at you on the individual basis and making you a better professional, uh, but they also look at the organizations and especially the one that. Um, I, I'm, I, I'm a very passionate about is the one called um, AEDO or Accredited Economic Development Organization um, because it's kind of like your individual certification but it says your organization has met the standards of being as I say one of the best of the best um, because really it's the organization that that it works it hard it's and the individual is important but um, eventually we as individuals leave the organization and it's important to leave a legacy with that organization and have it in a strong um, foundation and that AEDO designation does that and so again as I tell people as proud as I am to have gotten my CFD and I'm glad I have it and I will always forever keep it um, I was fortunate enough to lead both the St. Louis County Economic Council in getting their uh, AEDO and then when I went to the city of St. Charles um, I, I got the AEDO for that organization um, uh, in 2014, and, and I, that was the most proud I've been in this industry of because it says a lot about this organization and a group of fellow um, professionals at IEDC says, yeah, you're good professionally, but you know what, you've got a great organization, and that's important to me. That's wonderful. Yeah, and what a great resource to take advantage of. Absolutely. Can you talk a bit about what the process is to get that accreditation? Yes, it's uh, um, basically it's it's a three-step process. Uh, you go online and you download the application, and there's like 18 to 19 things that you have to accomplish. Um, you have to have a budget, a marketing plan, a strategic plan. Um, you have to show um, the projects you've worked on. You know, you kind of talked about uh, the incorporation of your organization. Um, you you review uh, how you how your procedures are in place. You know how you're doing your finances. You know have you have been audited? Uh, do you have the support of the key players in your community? Uh, yes, the mayor is important, but having large employers um, um, saying yes, they they turn to you for assistance and they think you're valued to that community. 
Um, the other thing I will tell you is great about AEDO is it is not population um, um, centric. Uh, you have large um, population bases like Greater Houston Partnership and Tulsa Chamber who are AEDO, but you also have Ponca City, Oklahoma, um, you know, and uh, it's also an AEDO. So you can be a small um, community in a, with a budget of, you know, 100, 200, $300,000 and or you can be a large organization or a utility with uh, you know, hundreds of thousands and millions of dollars in your budget and um, you know it, they don't discriminate uh, they understand that what a Ponca City does and how it impacts its community is a whole lot different than let's say a Tampa which is also an AEDO so it really meshes the best of both words worlds both large and rural uh, areas and mid-sized areas too yeah, that's wonderful to be able to celebrate economic development organizations of all structures and sizes and shapes because each one yes. is so unique. Yes, agreed. Well, this next question is actually one of my favorite questions uh, of all time, probably, that I love mm -hmm. asking. Yeah. <laughs> so I was excited that you were open to talking about it. So the yep. question for listeners is, um, can you tell us about how your biggest mistake beca became one of your biggest assets? Yeah, and uh, thank you for asking. Uh, it, I don't know. I, I'll say for me, this is a, it's a great question. It's a great story. Um, and uh, this happened, oh, well over 20 years ago um, when I was with St. Uh, Charles County. And at that time, you know, technology was starting to take it to effect, uh, but it wasn't as, I will say, as dominant as it is today. And uh, I remember trying to really, I've always wanted to push the envelope and be different and, and you know, put what, whatever organization I was with above and beyond any other organization. You know, I really wanted to differentiate. And so I remember what I was doing was um, I would go to local newspapers and I would see a story about St. Charles County or one of our communities, a great story. And I would take it and paste it and put it in, in, a, in an email and I would just start sending it to every site consultant I knew and every real estate person I knew. And just, I mean, I, and I would do that, you know, maybe sometimes two or three times a day, sometimes two or three times a week. It was pretty inconsistent, but I was just constantly doing that. And I remember, and, 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 I, and I will say her name because I, I told her, um, I thanked her for doing this after I got over my initial anger. But, uh, uh, and Kate McEnroe emailed me one time after doing this and she professionally and basically said, I was annoying her by getting all these, you know, ridiculous emails and these stories and, you know, and bottom line is she basically said, leave me alone, you're annoying me. And, um, I, and, it, and I actually, I just was talking to Kate about this a couple of weeks ago also, uh, but, and initially, I got to admit, um, my ego got in the way and I'm thinking, well, what's wrong with her? Doesn't she realize how great I'm doing with this and how wonderful we are? She should be thankful I'm sending this information to her. Um, but it took me about, I will say about 48 hours or so to calm down and think about it. And then it hit me. I said, she was the only one that told me that I was annoying. And I bet there's a whole bunch of others there who didn't say word one to me but probably think that I was at, at best annoying and at worst, just a pain in the neck. And it, it, it was a hard realization because I'm, you know, I'm sitting looking at it from my own perspective going, 
I'm, I'm doing this great thing and promoting my county. Why don't, why can't they see that? And so with that, it made me think and had to adjust. And so I first, I started um, one of the first, I, I think one of the first electronic newsletters for economic development. Uh, it was a whole lot different than what you see today. You know, there's no constant contact or anything like that. I mean, it was basically, I'd write it in a word format and then just cut and paste it into an email. But um, I, it went out monthly and it was short, brief statements, um, stories that I wrote uh, and I put links to different stories to it. But I wasn't that constant, annoying, you know, tapping on you, kind of saying, look at me, look at me, look at me. Uh, they knew that it was a, you know, they knew that it would consistently come to them, you know, on this date and whatever month it was. And so it taught me to do a better job professionally marketing my my community. And what's kind of funny is after I did that for the St. Charles County, Denny Coleman wanted me to do that for St. Louis County. And I did that for St. Charles City when I worked for them. And, and I'd go to these IEDC meetings. Um, and um, a lot of the site consultants would say, I get your newsletter. I like your newsletter. You're the newsletter guy. And, and so it told me that Kate was right and I was wrong and I needed to adjust for that. And it really helped improve my outreach and marketing and how you do that. So uh, yeah, that was a huge mistake that fortunately uh, worked out a whole lot better for me. Well, and it's incredible that you were able to take the feedback um, and you know, rather than just be upset about it, you you know you figured out a solution, which is incredible, <laughs> and a solution that was actually kind of almost also ahead of its time because now everyone's you know jumped on that wagon wheel. But um, yeah, yeah, it it took me. I won't say again when it first came my way. I didn't sit there and say, "Oh gosh, she has a point." I was not happy. I was upset, and it took me a while. You know, like I say, forty eight hours until okay. Maybe I am wrong. And I was. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Well, and a great solution. So, oh, yeah. wonderful. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. I always find the answers to that question so interesting and things that we can all learn from. You know, and, and you learn from your mistakes. You really do. Definitely. And uh, uh, the, there's this, pardon me, there's the old story that this young man is sitting in the CEO's office and he looks at the CEO and says, How did you become CEO? And the and, and uh, the CEO says, great decisions. And he said, the young man says, well, how, did, how do you make great decisions? And the CEO goes, it's simple, experience. And then the young man looks at him and says, okay, but how do you get experience? And the CEO says, um, simple, bad decisions. Mm. And so I've made a lot of bad decisions, gained experience, and I think we've, I've improved over the 35 years. Wonderful. Well, that's what we all can hope for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, David, I have a few wrap-up questions for you. Sure. The first one is, what is your biggest economic development secret to success for other economic developers out there listening? Um, and there's, there's two, I, I kind of use these one-liners a lot. Um, and if you'll, for, uh, permit me, there's really two of them that I that come to mind. Um, and I tell people uh, this all the time, these two things. Number one, I said, to be successful in our industry, you either have to know everything or you have to know people who know things. 
And I can assure you, I don't know everything. And so mm -hmm. it's, again, that part of that relationship building of saying, you need this information. I don't have it, but I know somebody who does. So it's finding that library of wealth around you and people that you know. Because if you go out in the world thinking that you know everything, you will fail in this industry. Um, the other thing that I tell people, and, and, and again, I, uh, it's, it's a long story. I won't tell you how I came to this realization, but it, this has taught me so much uh, when I came to this realization about uh, 20 years ago. And I said, to be successful in this industry, industry um, it's not what you know, and it's not who you know. It's what you know about who you know. And when I tell that, the, immediately they think, oh, so that means you have dirt on people and you can use leverage. And I'm saying, no, you find out what what is their hot point. What interests them? You know, when you're dealing with a site consultant, what is it that they're looking for? What is it that they want from you? You know, if if it's a site consultant that that does, you know, large industry, and you're sitting here talking retail, you just messed that up. You know, if you know, if you've got to find out what is their hot point, you know, what interests them. Um, you know, um, and it's even just building the relationship with them to find out who their favorite baseball team is, or you know, you find out that they might have come from the same area as you just to, again, build that relationship. So it's that find out, um, you know, what you know about who you know um, in a professional way, not in a let me have leverage on you and really use that to 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 create a real relationship, not a fake relationship. I love that. Very customer service oriented, both wonderful, wonderful pieces of advice. Mm -hmm. Thank, Thank you. you for sharing. My pleasure. And then my last question for you is, what is your favorite hobby? Um, anybody who knows me will tell you that I'm probably one of the most boring people in the world because I really am passionate about my job. And I, 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 I don't golf, I don't hunt or fish. I have nothing against that, but I'm really, I'm really not comfortable unless I'm working. Um, but if, if I had to kind of shut it down and really I'll, I don't know if it's really a hobby or not but um, I'm I, I'm starting to read more now especially since uh, with the shelter in place um, I am th those who know me also know that I'm a diehard passionate and I and I mean extremely passionate St. Louis Blues hockey fan I live and die with them and that they're they're I don't know if it's a hobby but I will tell you it's a passion of mine um, and then probably the other thing is uh, spending time with uh, my family, especially my son and his his wife. Um, the, you know, I love seeing being with them. But uh, I, I guess if you really narrowed it down, it would be watching hockey, especially watching my Blues, who just won the Stanley Cup for the first time in 2019. Wow, very exciting. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think those are all great hobbies. And I think it's also wonderful what you said about being passionate about your job. It really shows that you're in the right field. I think so too. I think so too. Well, David, thank you so, so much for joining us today on the podcast. I really, really appreciate you jumping on here with us and sharing your economic development wisdom that you've attained over the past 35 years. It's so commendable. And I mean, also being a board member at IEDC, I mean, it really shows that you, you know what you're doing. And I appreciate you taking the time to share it with me and all of our listeners. Well, thank you. And I'm honored to be here. And I, I really do appreciate the opportunity to speak to you. And, and uh, 
talk about my experience um, because it, it's been a great ride and I've enjoyed I enjoy this industry a lot. Economic Development Secrets is brought to you by Impact Dashboard, the only impact software built for economic developers. For more information on this podcast or to listen to past episodes, check out www.impactdatasource.com.